Hey, everybody. Jason Ellis. Jason Ellis Show. Talking about on it again. It's um, something I, I, I use every day. Uh, they've now got some new stuff. I'm a part of I'm a I'm 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 a part of the research and development. They've got a new shroom tech liquid one. So there's shots coming out and they're pretty fucking good. So you might want to check out on it because they're on the cutting edge of making things better and they've not they're not stopping. They haven't just ended it with Alpha Brain. They're still looking to uh break barriers on how you can get your ass into gear and get fitter. So use my promo code on it.com slash Ellis and get yourself a discount on everything they have. Um, you know, supplements, workout stuff, kettlebells, all clothing, the best t-shirts in the game, all that stuff. Check it out. Thanks on it. Hey everybody, Jason Ellis here from the Jason Ellis show. I have a penis and I'm a huge fan of it. And so is Katie. And sometimes I talk to Blue Chew, and Blue Chew talks to my penis, and then we both excel together. Do you enjoy glory, Michael? I sure do. Uh, I, I I'm uh, I'm on several different uh, Taladafinils right now. No, <laughs> oh, <laughs> give it time. Goodness. Give it time. There's a little surprise in store for each of you later on in the show. Stick around for that. For the rest of you, if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com. And here's a special deal for you. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code ELLIS at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com. Promo code ELLIS to receive your first month free. fucking shut up right listen to this listen to me i got a t-shirt and it's uh if you're black and you're looking at me and you're like why is this guy got a black guy on his t-shirt and does he even know who that guy is well you're racist because this is the fucking this is the black beast dummy i know who it is i bought it from his website i'm a huge fan so don't try to be like, man, does he not know that's not actually Biggie? I know it's not Biggie. I know the difference. Thank you. How very not racist of you. Thank you, Michael, for noticing. Two white guys just noticing how not racist they are. Nothing racist about that. Diego, you're here. Diego Gieldo. Garijo. <laughs> what? Garijo. Garijo. Diego is here. And I'll Di- take Garildo over... Carrillo, though. So, yeah. See, don't make me. I'll say all three of them at the same time. It's not going to help me. <clears throat> anyway, Diego is a professional fighter who uh, lives a little bit of a different lifestyle when it comes to people that fight. Um, 
I would say his fighting style is he's pretty raw, pretty dangerous, pretty in for uh, the 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 pain of it. Like if you want to just hang out in the pocket and smack him in the head, I don't think he has that much of a problem with it. And that's a pretty gnarly style to be. So very, uh, I would say over the uh, more than average tough guy for MMA fighters. And he also is a cross-dresser. He's also an artist. He does a lot of different things, but I think the biggest... Uh, oh, wait, hey, sorry, drag, sorry, drag queen. Sorry, yeah, fuck There's a, a big... Uh, my bad, my bad. What, okay, what is the difference between a cross-dresser and a drag queen? Well, a cross-dresser is more of a fetish, and a drag queen is more of a performance art. So you never go as a drag queen just out? No, not It's really. only to do a show. Yeah, I do it as, as a performance oh, art. Wow, isn't that crazy that it took that long for me to realize that? That's yeah, kind of embarrassing, so. right? Yeah, well, I don't know, man. I've watched many a drag queen show. I've hooked up with many a CD. I've hung out with trans women and everybody. I guess I just didn't overanalyze it. I I, I never really picked. But there's so many like right. little classifications right. within these, you know, bigger classifications that it's like we're all learning as we go. But also, I think people are just making shit up on the regs too, which which makes the real ones kind of look bad because you're like wait did you just make that up and someone's like yeah and then it makes the rest of the people that you know that think that they're in a woman's body or a man's body or whatever that is because i believe those to be real whether it's a disorder or not i don't want to argue about that i just want to argue that i truly believe that there's millions of people out there that believe that they're in the wrong body and if it doesn't hurt you and i still haven't seen anything that proves otherwise for that person to live their life as as whatever it is then why what what's what's the beef with that I see a lot of pictures online of people who go to the supermarket dressed like they're about to invade Beirut. They seem to, it seems to make them feel happy to pretend to be an army man. <laughs> when, they're just buying, when they're just buying milk and scratch off tickets. So live and let live. Stolen Valor guys get in trouble. No, no, I don't. I, know mean, I don't. Yeah, yeah, you don't. No, know. I just think that's funny. And you, stolen valor, all, like just all the time now. <laughs> How about this? This is not racist to me. Is your T-shirt Gigi Allen or you? Oh no, it is Gigi Allen. All right. Yeah, and I, I, right. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not racist. All right. I almost got beat up at a party, by the way, once, like for bringing a Gigi Allen tape, and I just like misread the room. It Audio was, or video? Uh, video. Oh yeah, and I was I was much younger, and there was like a lot of like essays and shit. I'm yeah. from San Diego, you know, like I've grown up with a lot of like gang members and shit like that. I just like, I found this tape and I just thought I was like, this guy's fucking amazing. You know, like we're at a fucking party with a bunch of homeboys are all drinking and shit. And like some real weird shit happens. He's naked on stage and some dude's like finger banging him while he's performing. And just everybody starts kind of like looking at each other. Like, what the fuck is this? And then <laughs> yeah. eventually they're like pointing at me like, he brought it, right? That dude. And like eventually they cornered me. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh shit, I, I just thought it was cool, guys. Like, Gigi oh, Allen got fingered by fans while he was performing? I don't know if it was a fan or a fucking friend or what. But oh, there's or this, a bassist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in this documentary, um, he's fucking doing one of his li- last live shows, I think, and there's a guy in a white jumpsuit that's like, just by the way, open. You can tell his fucking like dick's like right here. There's no clothes underneath. And he's following him around super close the whole time. And Gigi fucking walks outside. And like he leaves the show and they're just like fucking walking outside. And this dude's following him around. It took me a long time to realize he has his fingers up Gigi's ass. Oh. And he's just like walking so close to him the whole time. You can't even tell. Oh, my God. And so, you know, like I played this at a, a fucking house party. Yeah. And a bunch of motherfuckers were like, 
Hey, Holmes, what's up? This is shit's like not fingering not, on yeah. stage is cool, right? Not cool, Fair bro. Enough. Not cool. When punk rock goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, how did you find to be an MMA fighter and then find um, drag queen? Drag. How did you find that? How do you, how's this happen? Well, I think if, if we go back to the beginning, I was always an artist first. Like, since I was a little kid, I just thought I was going to grow up to be an artist. And then um, in high school, I really got into drugs and crime. I just did Crime. Have- yeah, I didn't have the right crime because you like crime or crime to get the money for the drugs. Uh, no, more out of necessity because I was smuggled into the country when I was a small child, so I didn't have from um, where from Mexico. Okay, yeah, I was born in Mexico. Um, Who mo- smuggled you in? My mother. Right. Yeah. Just she- you and her. Yes. Right. How old? Oh, I, w- I believe five or six, maybe seven. I'm. Do you remember? I-, I remember everything. I'm just really bad with dates. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, like but you're old enough. Do you remember? Yeah. You weren't 18 months old or whatever. No. Yeah, gotcha. I remember, yeah. I remember being 18 months old. I remember shitting in the tub. Like, that's one of my first <laughs> memories. So it's like, I have a that's weird That's a sweet memory. first memory. Yeah, like... A... <laughs> Mine's eating a cigarette. It, it, you remember that? Yeah. yeah. But you were 16? No, unfortunately. <laughs> I think I was like three or something. Yeah. But I saw it on the table and just bit it. Looked like a candy stick of sorts. And I was like, wow. I can no, see that. Wrong. I was told as a child that I had both of your memories combined. I yeah. ate my turds. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, God, it happened. While smoking. My, my son. <laughs> he smoked one and ate the other. <laughs> I know we're going to like get off, but my son fucking, I used to, when I was training full time to fight, sometimes yeah. my wife was working and I would stay home and watch the kids instead of having a job because daycare is so expensive. You have kids? Three. Yeah, How old are they? Enough. Uh, fuck you. I'm mad at you now. Why you got to ask me? Why you got to put me on the spot, Jason? Is that a, I didn't know that was a challenging question. question. It's it's uh, 10, 13, and, and 16, I think. I'm, I'm really like, I'm telling you, that's my thing. My kryptonite is dates and the concept of time. You're worse than me. Yeah. You got the ballpark. I know how yeah. old my kids are. It took me a while to get their birthdays, too. Like, so how did that all work out? You were married here and then you got divorced a long time ago? No. Uh, actually, technically, I refer to her as my former wife. She's still one of my best friends, but we just haven't uh, legally gotten a divorce. Oh, okay. Because you don't really have an interest in getting married again. Uh, no, it's not that. It's just it costs a lot of money that I don't have right now. Fair enough. So, but she's cool with that. She's You guys are okay with that. And you see the kids just every now and then or something? Yeah, actually, I live here in L.A., um, and then I go down to see my kids three days out of the week. Oh, that's why you go down to San Diego. San Diego. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I just don't want my kids to, you know, fucking be like, dad's never home. And I, I went through all those things when I was a child, you know? Yeah. So I go out of my way to go down. And then like, sometimes I teach their jujitsu class and I they just do like, jujitsu. Yeah. Recently I got them into it. That's awesome. My son skates. So I totally get how that must be cool. Oh Yeah. So anyway, you're you're a married man, kids. I, did you discover drag then or later? Uh, I've only been doing drag for like two years. Okay, really. so where the fuck did that? We, I mean, I, I think I've heard some other shows you've been on where you talked about you had a lot of female presence in your childhood. Yeah, well, I was raised by a single mother. Um, she had a lot of gay friends coming up. And I mean, it just wasn't unusual for them to like dress me up as a girl and I would perform. And I just remember listening to a lot of like my mother's music growing up and uh, just 
like watching a lot of TV and my idea of what it is to be a man, but then like me also being oh, like very authentic and being myself a lot of the times and people are just like, oh shit, like, and I'd be like singing to Whitney Houston or Madonna, you know, like that's also been very natural. So even though like I didn't grow up doing drag, I've always had more of a feminine streak than other people. I hope this isn't offensive, but are you uh, bisexual? Uh, uh, see, that's that's a question that's... Uh, I know that it shouldn't tie in with being drag, and I'm not no, saying it is. I'm just saying you... These you're it's kind of you sound like gay people dressed you and now you now when you're an adult you dress drag because of that. No, I just I, mean like I think I was more open to doing. Okay, that. you didn't think that it was a bad thing to do. So when yeah. you discovered it, you were like, why why not? Why wouldn't I try? It? So who introduced you to it? I just don't think nothing is a bad thing unless you're hurting other people. Agreed. I'm right. just super like our, fucking open to everybody living their own fucking life. What I'm hearing you say is that maybe a lot more people would be open to that if they hadn't had it stigmatized for themselves since you it was natural for you when you were little when you decided later on that something you were into there wasn't anything like Oof, forget i had that thought never tell anybody that that thought just passed through my mind you were comfortable with it yeah my my whole thing in life is like has always been being myself it's like you can never really shit on me because you can't say anything that i wouldn't say about myself first yeah i beat you to the punch and you're like fuck i can't even make fun of diego yeah you know, like you know like i just fucking Woke up and threw up on somebody at a party. I show up at the gym. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, man. I threw up on the stripper last night. You know, and it's like. You, you threw up on a stripper no, one that's time? just a random experience. Oh, man. That would have been a great story. Bless you. Thank you. Bless your pants. So you didn't tell me who gave you this idea. Where does it, where did it pop up that you would now dress as a woman and do, not only dress as a woman, but do live show. I've seen you do, you have a fucking dance routine. You you do the fucking splits for fuck's sake. And you're That's you're as big right. as me. You're like a a duty dude. Like I feel like whenever I, I Katie, I dressed as a girl before and Katie's like, it could never work for you. You walk so much like a guy that it's insane. <laughs> yeah, I remember when you showed up to Sirius XM dressed as Britney Spears That's for right. Halloween one year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Katie's yeah, I don't think you're thing. really gonna fool anybody. Yeah, it wasn't hard to yeah, you knew. <laughs> <laughs> but to do the show, you do a lot of because to me, it really did, did look like if I was to try and do it, because it, it's like one of those things where you could, you're an athlete, you can do anything. But I don't think that it favored you when you first started, correct? Yeah. I mean, when you have 15 years of MMA on your feet and you try to smash them into high heels. Yes. Fuck, dude. At the end of a night, I take my heels off and it feels like my toes are bleeding. Like it feels like my feet are, are going to fucking bleed, you know? Right. You haven't got used to that? That hasn't, you haven't. Nah, because I don't wear the heels often enough right. that I just get desensitized to it. You, right. you can't be a drag queen in flats. I don't think sometimes I'm tempted to wear. It just a doesn't look shoe right, Michael. Yeah, because I could feel I feel like my dance moves would be even. That's what better. I'm saying. Yeah. So it is a bit, balancing performance with the. But look. it's yeah. also when they do the dance moves with those shoes, I the know. crowd understands that he's a man and he's not used to those shoes, and he gets more props for doing it. I've I saw that. I saw where I could tell ladies in the room were like. Oh shit! Because you you clearly are struggling, but yeah. you'll be like, "So what? What's this fucking kick to splits?" And I'm like, "I would never attempt that in those boots." And I feel like the room could tell that you're yeah, doing that. I, and I think some people do appreciate that, and I love that because it's like you got to understand, I'm not a professional drag queen. I'm 43 years old MMA fighter that weighs 190 pounds. All right. You know, and you I, probably got a lot of injuries too. Oh right? fuck, man! I've broken every fucking bone. All right. What's and, up with your eye? Um. One of my eyes I said is that real smoothly. Yeah. <laughs> We're fucking friends. So fuck I, see, off. I see those segues you're picking up from stand up there. But, 
great. That's what I've become. Awesome. Yeah. But uh, my eye is extremely light sensitive. It's like, uh, but it I, works. It works. It's never been great. You know, like I've had some eye injuries. Like they always seem to stockpile in this eye from fighting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Took a lot of shots to that eye. Yeah. Like it seems like I always get fucked up in this eye. Oh. And um, the pupil doesn't always contract and dilate. Okay. So it's very light sensitive because it's stuck open. That's what David Bowie had, except I don't have one blue eye. You know, I don't have blue eyes because it looks a lot cooler on him. Yeah, that would look cool. I got that too, actually, believe it or not. I had cataract surgery when I was a kid, so my pupil doesn't dilate. Oh, so is it stuck open or closed though? Stuck open. Okay. So it sucks. So like if I'm in the sun, like I'm always squinting. Yeah. I get yeah. headaches because I just, if I forget to wear sunglasses. because you get I'll it just, in both eyes? Or? No, it's just, I only had cataracts. Yeah. I got hit in the eye with a paintball. Yeah. So they, that's how I got the cataracts. Right eye's fine. Well, a lot of people think it's a fashion thing because like I'll I assume shit that. outside. And the thing is that um, this is my good eye. Yeah. So most of my good vision comes out of this eye. So if I wear just regular sunglasses, I feel like I'm giving up a lot of the vision in my one good eye. Right. You know, so like I usually like walk around like this outside. You know, I was like camping or I was coming down a mountain once and this hiker was coming up and he goes, are you pirate? I go, I'm fucking blind in one eye, asshole. I go, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm used to it. What's up, everybody? Kevin Kraft from the Jason Ellis Show here. And uh, I dress like a child. I always have a death metal shirt, a comic book shirt, a video game shirt. Um, I try other things. Sometimes I just feel stupid. I try looking like a grown up. Doesn't work. But I just got a package from Buck Mason over the weekend. And uh, it's some pretty solid stuff. Do I'm, you I'm excited no longer to... look like a moron? He's getting there. I'm, yeah. Right. It's a process. Look, if you've been paying any attention to me for years, I'm a basics guy. and But I like basics done right. Like this Buck Mason t-shirt I'm enjoying, and I'm sure you're enjoying as well. Right now, there's a reason why GQ called Buck, Na- Buck Mason's Curved Hem Tee the best t-shirt in the game. Yeah, I mean, you can look really cool without looking like a dork. I believe Actually, you, Kevin. Actually, that came out wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I meant to say you could look like an adult without looking like a dork. Which is difficult. <laughs> Especially for you. Once you yes. try Buck Mason, you'll become, uh, they'll become your go-to. Head over to buckmason.com slash Alice and get a free t-shirt with your first order. That's B-U-C-K-M-A-S-O-N.com slash Alice to get your free t-shirt with your first first order. Buckmason.com slash Alice. Buck Mason. Let's talk about your fitness goals, your long-term fitness goals. You're extremely, if you live to be 200 years old, how are you still going to be kicking butt as the world's only and therefore sexy? Because I drink the blood of the innocent. <laughs> and you've been using FitBod. Oh, yeah, that too, though. The app that helps you with your long-term fitness goals. I'm at the stage of my life where I'm thinking about, it's not just about wanting to look good now, and it's not wanting to look good for summer for when I go to the beach. It's about, like, I have a, three-year-old daughter and she's going to grow up and she's going to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And I want to be able to destroy that person in racquetball 30 <laughs> wow. years from now. And that's why I'm on fit. It's a hefty threat. Racquetball, you say. <laughs> oh man, what a deal. Speaking of deals, 25% off your subscription uh, or try the app for, uh, for free when you sign up at fitbod.me slash Alice. That's 20, 25% off everybody, off your subscription when you sign up today at fitbod.me slash Ellis. Fitbod, 
dot me slash Ellis. But still, fair enough. Don't say random shit. Oh, here's a little pointer. I don't know if I said it yet, but if you haven't had tattoos and you see somebody with a lot of tattoos, uh, especially if they're a girl, but even when they're a guy, maybe you had a couple beers and you're like bored at the bar and you're like, man, I always wanted to ask somebody what their first tattoo. Don't fucking ask people with tattoos. When did they get their first tattoo? It's just, it just, there's, there's got to be another way. I should probably give you a correct way, but it's more like I would just, I would not do it. I feel so like Diego. People, when did you get your first tattoo? Dude, people, I wouldn't people ask hate anybody that. anything. Honestly, I was uh, 14 years old, and it was like a three-hour back piece. Oh my! <laughs> in a kitchen, I was the coolest fucking kid in school. That is cool. Oh Wait, God. your whole back? It's fucking like it was massive back then. But it was shit, right? Because it was yeah, no, it was shit. It was shit because he drilled the fuck out of it. It was 3D for years. For what do you mean? Years, 3D? It was fucking three-dimensional. Oh, because you went too deep? It yeah. stuck uh, out. You could look yeah. at your tattoos and profile. But I was the coolest <laughs> fucking kid, man. I was the coolest fucking kid in school. That's when the Red Hot Chili Peppers was all the shit, and I had my big tribal. Oh, tribal was sick back then, too. Yeah, yeah. nice. I take it you covered that up. Actually, I got a bigger tribal on top of it. <laughs> Makes but sense. I, he's like, I could blast right over the shit. Go, Same guy? You know, nah, different. Okay, oh, good. no, thank God, no. And then I go, you know what? Just go around it because yeah. I was like, that was my first. I was gonna tattoo. say, you seem like the kind of person that would. I wouldn't cover my first tattoo, I, and it's not, not very good. Much, yeah, into covering tattoos at me all. neither. The only time, like, because I do tattoos sometimes as well. Yeah, you know, when somebody's like, "Hey, I really want to cover this," the only time I'll be like, "Let's do it." Is like if it reminds them of an abusive person yeah, or, or a bad memory, and then I'll be but like, if it's a bad tattoo, you're not covering it. I'm, I, ultimately I'll do what they want, but I'll try to encourage them to just be like, look, dude, that's a part of your fucking history. Yeah. Let's work around it. Let's add to it. Let's, you know, like. It depends on your look though. I feel like if you've got one jank tattoo and you're trying to get this whole s- smooth, everything matches tattoo look, that's you. That's what you want to do. And you want to get the ugly one off. Okay. I get it. That's your style. I, I, I have a lot of shit tattoos. I'm into shit tattoos. Me My too. wife and I heavily. Kind of like it when there's no. <laughs> Easy, it's okay for me to say. It. Like shit. I can talk about Mexicans. <laughs> Make sure. There you go. We've been warned. We I'm can kidding. go. We can go hard on blind people and drag though. Don't worry about it. So, did you answer who it was that gave you the influence to? And like, how do you get a club? Like for your first gig, how do you book a gig? What? What? What made you? Dress up and then say, you know what? Not only not only dress up, let me learn to do the dance and perform. I got my full body waxed. I got my ears pierced. It's I heard you say it before, but if you like you do something, I go a thousand percent in. Yeah. I, I don't fucking half-ass anything I do. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not gonna be fucking dancing and have like a clip-on earring fall off and shit. Like I got everything pierced, you know. <laughs> um how it started was I took a class. I was taking a class. Um, I don't know if you know Eric Del Fiero. He's Dos, uh, Dominic Cruz's MMA coach. Oh, okay. He was my MMA coach for a long time. At some point, he was even my manager. And we we're just like best friends. I've known him since I started fighting. Yeah. And um, he saw me in a phase in my life where I was transitioning into becoming a full-time artist. Um, and he took this class uh, that actually Dominic got him into. And he goes, hey, man, I took this class. I love it. I think you should take it on emotional intelligence. So I took this class. And at one point in the class, they uh, let you set some goals. And then they'll be like, okay, a lot of people will go there. And they'll be like business people. They'll be like, I'm a real estate agent. I want to sell 10 houses in a month. And they'll be like, all right. They go, but have another goal that's outside of your career. Yeah. Something, And they force them to do something creative. 
I was already an artist. So at the time they were like, well, do something artistic, but that's outside of your comfort zone. Okay. And I have no idea why. Like, I just, I'm a random ideas kind of guy. And I just said, what if I do a drag show? And everybody was like, oh my God, that's crazy. Because they had just met me after one of my bare knuckle fights. Yeah. And like, they'd seen this fight that was like one of the bloodiest fucking fights you could see. And I, my hand was still in a fucking cast. I had pins coming out of it. So they see me and they meet me and they're like, well, this dude's a fucking like aggressive fucking dude. And then for me to say, what if I do a drag show? Everybody was like, holy shit, that's amazing. Because a lot of the class is about vulnerability and being able to express your feelings, you know, which I'm very pro, you know. It's funny how people think you're an aggressive dude. Like, I I, I don't, I feel like you're a sweetheart. Like, I don't think that you're, I mean, when you fight, there's like a, a, le- a less of a care. Like, I think we sparred a little bit and I could tell you were, you were trying to help me with my cardio and you were just standing there tip just pitter pattering away like go on you too and i'm like it's not the same you stand in the the striking zone you don't you don't step in step out you step in and you tussle that's what you do and you don't mind when you get hit i can tell if people my dear friend eddie jackson eddie jackson ain't standing in the pocket with me for fucking two seconds and he's a way better fighter than me but he's like i'm not doing that like you're gonna crack me you go, go on. Like, I I bet you when you crack me, I'll crack you. That's your game plan. Well, and I mean, then you bare knuckle fight seemed like a very natural transition from MMA to bare knuckle because of the brutality and how okay you are with it. Honestly, I love bare knuckle and I wish that shit would have came out at the beginning of my career. Because you're too old, do you think? <sighs> a little too bit. Too many injuries? Yeah, I mean, it's just, fuck, man. You, it, it is a young man's sport. I you get know? it, dude. I'm- and I feel like I'm in amazing shape for a regular 43-year-old. Right. You know, and for a guy that has as many MMA miles as I do, like, still pretty fucking doing great, too. How many fights have you had? Uh, I think altogether professional fights, uh, BKFC and MMA, like 11 or 12. And the reason I say that is because they're not all on Sherdog and stuff. Okay. I did some fights before, like, if it was even legal in California. Yeah. And somewhere like gray where they're like, oh, this is amateur, but they had no shin pads and shit. And then yep. they did give me money at the end of it. So I was like, like, it's a pro fight, you know, like, yeah, there's no shin pads, nothing. We were, you know, somewhere like, oh, no knee to the head. And that was still a fight. Rule. Yeah. Let me ask you about bare knuckles. So we all know that that's sort of like one of the exit ramps from the UFC and, and whatever. If you other than obviously you want to be better at striking than, say, your ground game. If I'm in the UFC and I'm thinking about taking a paycheck from Bare Knuckle, Paige Van Sant, whoever, as somebody who's done both, what advice would you have to somebody transitioning from the full gamut of MMA to the reality of Bare Knuckle? Okay, first of all, I think um, BKFC and Bare Knuckle Boxing is a great place for people to transition to after MMA. When you do MMA, it's a whole full body sport. Um, I had some eye injuries and I retired for a while. And then I decided to come back and fight in BKFC. Uh, Even though it was still super dangerous for my eye, I just felt like I really wanted to do that before I fully retired. Yeah. But one of the reasons I never came back to MMA is because I literally have like two spaghetti noodles for MCLs. So even after I recovered from my eye surgery... Every time I would try to come back and be like, oh, maybe I'm going to fucking come back out of retirement doing an MMA fight. I would just fucking like beep, yeah. pop my knee and shit. So once you've used up your fucking body, dude, I could do a whole boxing training camp and not have one physical problem. Right. Me too. Zero. But it's also like, 
in MMA, like when people go, well, what should I do, boxing or jujitsu? And I'm like, what do you, would you rather be crippled or retarded? You know, like, it's like, and I'm like, I'll take both, you know, like, I, like, I, love, I love both. I'll take them. But uh, oh, so, man. and the other thing is, if a young guy has hands, why the fuck would you get into BKFC at this point? Because there's so much more money in boxing. It would be dumb to get in a sport where you're obviously going to break your fucking hands. Wait, if you're a pretty good boxer, you can... Because I thought you only made money out of boxing if you were the elite. That's true. The 1%. But dude, now it's like not everybody coming in on the ground floor of BKFC is making money either. So if you do You have have to have a name before you go to BKFC. Then you get a deal. Yeah. So that's what happened. I got offered um, a rubber match with one of the guys that I fought in UFC in the in the BKFC. Yeah. And they tried to give me for like half the money of what I fought last time. And that's why I never went back to the sport. And I was like, fuck, dude, it's always dudes from a trailer park that are like, I'll do it. I'll do it for 200 bucks. I want to be on TV. And then fucking then the promoters. The problem with BKFC is that fuck, it's so exciting with no gloves. You can get two dudes from a trailer park and it's still probably. Yeah funner to watch than most i have noticed that lately actually like when i watch people pair up and they start moving around i'm like that guy has little to no experience like he isn't standing correctly his hand he has no head movement because it hasn't been taught to him yet because he's still and i'm like you're in a bare knuckle fight on tv and you don't know how to move your head and then they get knocked out in a couple of seconds and i'm like yeah did that guy know that was gonna happen because it seemed like as soon as this fight started, I was like, this guy has no fucking chance. And everybody in this organization knew it. Well, unfortunately, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like something you could talk yourself into. You kind of, you should know if you are or are not an, an MMA fighter or a boxer. But I can see a guy who's been in a few bar fights and kicks some ass in high school being like, I'm a bare knuckle fighter. Yeah. I kind of already am one. Yeah, which, no. Right. No, not a, not <laughs> a, yes, you not are. A, yes, you are until you meet somebody who's done, who has some yeah, technique. Yeah, like if you're really good at bar fights and the other guy's been really good at mixed martial arts or boxing for 10 years, yeah. then you probably you probably hit pretty hard, but he's you're not going to touch this guy. Like yeah. there's techniques where they some laugh at your shit. Some guys are smoking some meth though, like a few weeks before the fight. Right? Oh, there's man. a couple and of guys of you can shit, tell. Yeah. They can't fight. I'm like, this is fucking dangerous for you. It's dangerous for everybody involved. But when you're... When you start moving around and it's very obvious that you've been to like a couple of Thai bow classes, I'm like, oh my, and the other guy's moving around and he looks like a fucking boxer. And I'm, I'm like, oh, this is, you got no gloves on. Do you know how long this is going to last? And then, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. I hope they get paid more than 200 bucks. Jesus. How yeah. is it injury wise? Because you just said at one point your hands are broken and your face is fucked up from this fight. Do they cover all the injuries? I don't know. I think I'm too stupid to fucking like ever use the promoter's fight insurance. You know, like at one point I was like trying to get right back in there and I didn't even tell him like how hurt I was. Uh, so no. it, because I got into it really fucking late. I found out it was going to come out like a few months before the first event. Right. Yeah. I wish I could have been on that one just for history's sake. Like imagine saying I was in the first UFC. My friend Joey Beltran fought on BKFC. I just one. sponsored him for Wolf Knives. I oh, get no my shit. first uh, bare knuckle sponsor I've ever given anybody. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. But I, I watched that show and I'm like, this made the card. You know, his yeah. battle was like fucking amazing. And I fucking like texted him right away. I go, oh my God, you realize what you just did? You were like on UFC one. You know, they're going to look back one day and be like, fuck, that was history. Yeah. You know? And he put on, he's one of those people that's perfect for bare knuckle. He can put on a real show. Definitely. He can take shots and give shots back. And that's, at the at the end of the day, that's kind of what 
bare knuckle is. If it's just like one shot and you drop, it's cool, but it's nowhere near as cool as two guys that crack. And you're very similar, different weight class, but if you're fighting somebody, it's going to be a fucking brawl. Like there's no if fans about it. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. I would think that I would at least give you the same money I gave you for the first fight, but I get business people are always, if they can do it, they'll do it. You yeah, know. that's the problem with promoters. I think you have to be part snake to be a little bit good at it too, you know? Yep. And um, also, I know they were like starting to bring a lot of big UFC names and like one of those cards that I didn't get invited to be on was uh, because he had told me like after my second fight, he goes, oh my God, you're so fucking exciting. He goes, you can fight on any of my cards. And I had broken my thumb. I said, as soon as my thumb's better, I, I want to get back in there. Because yeah. when I signed up for it, I knew that it's already late in my career. And what I wanted to do was like, five, I told him five to six fights as close together, get in, get out, and then I'll be done. Yeah. And then he, after my first fight, he kind of like waited like almost a whole year before calling me back to the second one, even though it was a fucking exciting fight. I don't think I've ever had a boring fight, honestly. Yeah. And then we did the second one and it was even more fucking exciting. And he was like, oh my God, you can fight for me anytime. And then he didn't give me another fight for, he didn't offer me a fight for like a year. I was always hounding him. And he's like, oh, I, oh this, this card's all booked. I'm like, it's so, it's like fucking eight months in advance. You know, yeah. he's like, oh, I don't have money. I just hired Hector Lombard or you know, shit like that. Yeah, it's a good excuse. Just say somebody's big name. Right. Yeah. Great news, everybody. That weird stuff that was going on for a couple of years. We seem to be in the clear. We can all leave our homes and move freely about the world. But I don't know about you. I'm going back outside doing all the stuff I used to do. It doesn't mean I'm going back into stores because I've learned a better way. Like we all have online shipping. It was a thing five years ago. It's never been more of a thing. We all buy everything online. That's the way it will be until the end of time. And that's why if you're selling stuff online, you need, need to be using ShipStation. That's how Jason and I sell our books and try to sell our books. Exactly. If anybody's interested, we still have a couple <laughs> hanging around. We could yeah. probably, we could probably scratch together. We've got a whole bunch of them. Actually. <laughs> ShipStation, man. It's just, it's just easy. It's like, a, once you set it, you just forget about it. The order comes in, you click a couple boxes, you get a, it prints out a label and you stick it on an envelope and the person gets the book or whatever it is you're selling. Look no further if you're selling stuff online than ShipStation. It's almost like Bob's your uncle, Michael. Almost. Ship more in less time with ShipStation. Use the offer code Ellis. Get 60-day free trial. That's two months free. No hassles, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in Ellis ship station make ship happen I'm sure many of us know hopefully not all of us but many of us in this room and listening to this right now watching this right now know that sinking feeling when you get paid every two weeks or at the end of the month and you already know how much of the money you just got is already gone out the window because you're paying off a loan for something that a loan you took out years ago or even worse you're paying off a high interest credit card. You're not even paying for the thing you got. You're paying for the money you owe to the person who gave you the money to get the thing that you got years and years and years ago. Friends, there's a better way. It's a horrible <laughs> feeling waking up in the middle of the night knowing the credit card bills or the high interest loan is getting out of control and you don't have the money to pay for it. That's why if you are carrying multiple credit card balances each month and you're only paying the minimums, barely making a dent in the principal, you need to look into Upstart. In just five minutes, you can uh, find out about getting a loan for $1,000 to up to $50,000. Imagine getting that off your plate. Whew. Ask me for a loan for $50,000. <laughs> See where that gets you. <laughs> yeah. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Ellis. 
That's upstart.com slash Ellis. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash Ellis. Oh, good day. So you are not a bare knuckle fighter because they're not giving you fights. You would do it again right now. Now, if the money's right now, it's been like another two, three years since that yeah. last one already, you know? Are you okay with moving on with your life and just training? Or do yeah, you still? I love, uh, it always comes and goes, you know? Like yeah. I, I get bored and shit. I'm like, I would love to go out there and fight. See, the funny thing about me is what you said is like, I, I, I don't know why I do like to get kind of hit, you yeah. know? It's like um, one time I went like a year without sparring after my eye surgery. Yeah. And after that time, I was like really depressed and I had like gotten to serving papers for a living. And it's like, I really hated my life at that time. And I remember calling my buddy and being like, hey man, can you give me some sparring? Like, I'm, And he's like, oh, there's no real good guys for you to, and I go, I don't even care. You know, it's like, I don't even want to beat them up. It's like, I want them to hit me. Yeah. You know, like that was what was more important. Like, it's like, I don't need to get in there and fuck somebody up. You know, like I just it, need to like feel the pressure. What do you think that is? Because I, I feel the same way. I, I feel like, you know, I'm 50. So getting hit in the head is, you know, there's a part of me, a huge part of me now where it's like, you probably shouldn't do that anymore. You know, all the things that you've bounced your head off at this point. I know you still remember who you are and you smoke so much weed that you've always been a bit punchy anyway. So it's not, I've never caught myself and gone, oh my God, like I, I got brain damage. Like, I cannot remember this one thing that I just thought of. It's not, it's never that bad. But I don't think it works like that. You don't get a warning. Nah, yeah. So I you really it. should just stop. But I also get the same thing. Like, a real fight, it's a little bit different. There's a lot of pressure, but it's also way more fulfilling when it's over. But just sparring with friends, professionals, so it's never, you know, we'll hit each other, but it's not, you know, we're not going to the hospital after sparring. We're somewhat safe but you are still getting hit in the head but i when i leave that day versus if i just went there and i worked out and hit pads it's a whole different feeling after it i feel accomplished and i don't i couldn't i couldn't tell you if i won a fucking single round i didn't do it for that i did it because i was in a fight for you know 15 minutes or whatever however long we went and i have a for film, like, uh, you know, getting hit in the head and punching back, still staying in the pocket while getting hit is a zone that is very hard to get in with. I don't know any other way to get in that zone. You know, like if I just sit here and go, you know, get in that zone of just being completely in one thing and not think about anything else. I'm like, you know, it'd be way easier if you punch me in the head while, while this was happening, then I could just do it straight away. Yeah. Do you get that kind of a feeling? Definitely. I don't know. Do you get that feeling from like, extreme sports too i mean yeah. I, i've never done fuck well it. i used to race motorcycles and i did crash them a lot so i guess yeah i guess i could see that but like but, i mean i see you clear a fucking half pipe and do all this shit and i'm like you're getting that feeling fuck yeah it's that but it's the practice in layman's terms you got a car you're on the freeway punch it let it ring all the way out and when you're at full speed going down the freeway i shouldn't advise anybody to do this but if you did do this <laughs> there's a feeling that you get if you look out the side of the window and you see how fast you're going and you realize that if something was to come in the way or your tire explode or something, you fuck, you fucked. And there's that feeling where there's no, you can't be like, man, did I pay my taxes this year? You don't think about that. You just go, we're in it, we're in it. You know, and yeah. there's a different, you can be real nervous or you can really take it in and be like, fuck yeah, we're going dangerous speeds. That is the same as I'm going to try a skateboard trick that even if I know it well, if you do it wrong, you're fucked. And I know it. 
And it's it's that adrenaline thing that you've that once you get it, it's very hard to want to stop it. Like yeah. I'm always trying to find a way to get back in that feeling. And it, it's a like the day is is so much better with it. Like if I skate in the morning and I do a couple of things that I know is good for me, you know, I drive home from San Diego with this feeling that I don't have if I, there's no other feeling that I get that from. Comedy is the same way. I'm fucking terrified. When you go up there? Yeah. You know, I, what, what's going to happen? I don't know. Are they going to lie me? I don't know. I don't know. You know, and then after it, you're accomplished. You did it. You were at one point, I got, te- my temperature changes to the point where I now, I now know it. It was a mystery for the first couple of months, but now it's like, I'm cold. And my legs start getting cold. And I'm like, it's because you're about to go up. And then when I'm up, I'm up and I get off, I'm, I'm warm. I'm like, you, that's not, I didn't do, a, I didn't do like a workout on stage. I just talked, but the nerves have gone. You did, you accomplished it. You, you faced it. You gave it everything you had. And you've, you've, it's just this adrenaline thing. It's, I'm, a, I'm addicted I hate, to it. I hate the word adrenaline junkie. It's the same as being called an extreme athlete. Yeah. I hate it. I, but yeah. it's for layman's terms and me getting over the, the label, just it's easy to get like what a sexually bi or pansexual. I don't really care. I, 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 I like fucking people. I don't care. Whatever name you want to give it. <laughs> right, right. But it's easy. We can move on. I'm, I'm pansexual. Uh, you know, like what I, I, I'm extreme. Uh, it's it does. I, I can do, I can deny it all I want, but it, the the facts are that name that word does come close to what I'm doing all the time. I do enjoy the feeling of fighting and and getting out there, but I would say that it's funny because I don't have the nervous reaction other people have. You do seem more calm with it, which is makes it. I know you people look you look scary, but I I feel like when you're in scary situations you're very calm which i believe is because of the way you grew up i think your childhood was harder and when you've had a really hard childhood being in hard stuff is is uh less to be panicked about if you're a little bit privileged like i grew up privileged you know i had like a there was a time there where we were broke when i was real little but when i was richer you know like i got a bmx for christmas and shit like i i had money i got food all the time i had my own bedroom like I lived a pretty fucking privileged life, and when people are around me trying to fucking crash, crush my skull in, that's a lot of pressure. That's not normal to me. And I've fought people before, and and moved around with people, and hung out with real fighters. That when they're getting hit, it's not. It's different. They're like, this is my fucking day, man. Like this is this is. I I I, I hang out here like I eat a sandwich. Yeah, it's funny because I had a friend who was um, on the Ultimate Fighter and had a few fights in the UFC before he retired. And I knew that he didn't sleep for weeks before the fight. Right. Stressing the fuck out. And of I it. never had that problem. And I would look at him. I'd be like, fuck, would I want to do it? If, if I was like, yeah. if, but I also gave him all the props in the world because I go, Still fuck, did it. that's insane. You're <clears throat> fucking not sleeping. You're almost terrified and you're going in there still and, yeah. and winning some fights. Is there know? anything that does make you nervous? Uh, heights. I don't like heights and I don't like fucking like rats. It freaks me out how fast they move. Like, I, <laughs> like, like an exterminator and mice too. Like an exterminator came over. Mouse, uh, my, my scare you. Oh, like, uh, you're like a tattooed elephant. I, yeah. When we bought uh, a house, we moved in and it was like a HUD home that we got from the government. It was abandoned for a while and there was like a mouse problem and shit. And my wife, um, 
would catch a mouse. Like she's fast too. She would like fucking throw like a fucking bucket on it. And then, but she didn't know what to do. And, and we called like a pest control place because they needed to fix the problem in general. And the guy was like, I don't know who said something about me being a fighter, but he's like, you're a fighter and shit. He's like, you're scared of the fucking mouse. And I was like, oh, like I'm paying you asshole. Just take care of the fucking job. You know? <laughs> like I'm emotionally scarred. Like at one point I remember walking into the kitchen and they had closed up the holes. So like the rats were starving according to them, because they can't go back and some shit like that. And I walk out, and the way I picture in my head is the rat's, like, standing, like, fucking Master Splinter on top of the stove and shit. I'm just like, ah! Like, I have, like, an out-of-body experience. I'm sure he was just normal, but in my head, it was like... Yeah, he's a monster, and he's coming to get you. A mouse. (laughs) Did you get harassed by a mouse in your childhood? Like, where'd that come from? Uh, Not that I can remember. It's just, it freaks me out how fast they are, like, that I can't fucking, like... So, and heights, so if you were to come to Tony's ramp and stand on the top of the ramp, you wouldn't be feeling that comfortable? I I think I'd be okay. Like, it's not terrible. But if it, like, I used to be a plumber with my brother for a while and shit, and I would, like, get up on the roof, I would do some work, but when it's time to get down, like, the ladder, I'd just be like... Touching it like six different ways, like testing. Yeah. I would spin around and no, no, you know. He's like, do you know Get that fuck down? He's like, we gotta go. And I'm like, mm-hmm. do you know who Ryan Sickler is? Ah, uh, yeah, he's a, comedian. he's a comedian, right? Yeah, he got a yeah. podcast, the the Honeydew. But he came to Tony's ramp uh, with his kid and some other people. And when he got up on the top of the vert ramp, there's a handrail at the back of the deck, and he wouldn't let go of the handrail. Like he looked down, looked down the vert ramp with his hand holding the rail behind him, like yeah. fuck that. And I'm like, I don't hate that method. <laughs> <laughs> I can get up in a building and look down and, and be okay. But if you told me to do something like, just, <clears throat> hey, like just walk here on an edge or something, I'd be like, no, fuck no. I can tell with Katie and I, we've stood on cliffs before. Where if I stand on the edge of it and I look down, she's like, how the fuck can you stand that close to the edge? And I'm like. Well, because I trust my legs not to just jump off the cliff. Like, you can stand <laughs> on the edge as long as you know you have legs that ab- obey your brain. Yeah. But I can tell most people when they hang off the edge feel like there's something wrong happening, and I I don't. Yeah. That's literally the nature of the fear is that you're afraid your body is going to do something you don't want it to do. Right. That's not, I think that's in so many words. That's yeah, have like a clumsy moment and like lose your balance. Right. To I mean, me, that's but, not it. It's like, what if I, what if my legs did decide to jump? Which is crazy. And, and it's totally insane, but I think I'm, I think the majority of people who have a fear of heights have that feeling that they're going to lose control. Because of course, like, uh, my, I've had, my kid was like afraid to, uh, uh, afraid of heights. And I said, well, do you ever fall out of your bed? And he's like, no. And I was like, so would you sleep in a bed that was 100 feet in the air? And he's like, fuck no. It's like, well, why? What's going to change? You don't roll yeah. out of your bed, but most people don't want to sleep in a bed that's 100 feet high either. Yeah, yeah, I'd pass on that one. I mean, <laughs> if you skate vert. Me too. It's it, it, the whole time you're skating, that's what it is. Like, if you panic, because I watch people learning how to drop in, there's a thing where uh, you panic and you lose control of your bodily functions. I've seen videos on TikTok where people that aren't used to jumping off cliffs into the water, and you can tell he's very nervous or she's nervous. And right when she goes to jump off, she blanks and just goes, oh, the shock of it all, and falls dramatically and eats shit. I'm like, you realize that you just switched your body off in the most important part where it's usually just a physical step. It's not a, but you go, oh, and do this thing. And in skateboarding, that can happen a lot where if things go bad in the air, right there where it goes really bad, you need to fucking be super calm and slowly rotate your body into a safer position so that when you hit the ramp, you don't die. 
if you go, oh, in that particular position, you are fucking dead. Right. So when you know that that's the answer, and and I'm not, I've been there. I've been in a skateboard trick where I'm like, oh, fuck, and panicked and destroyed myself. And then I was like, you know what? Mental no. You know, when you get in trouble like that, like really try and figure it out. I, 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 I was spinning 540s the other day, and I looped out right when I took off, and I spanned the full 540 on the way up sure. without my board. And my shoulder started to turn around again. And I was like, you got to be shitting me. And it was full panic. I was seven, eight feet in the air above where I was going to land on the ground, upside down. And I'd already spun a 540. I was like, you got to be shitting me. And I span again. I did a 900. And I landed on the ground on the flat, like didn't get hurt. And everybody there was like, dude, you just span a 900. But all the good guys there knew that the momentum had already started. And if I was to just panic and try and stop it, I was going to land on my back and I would have been unconscious it's and be dead. Worse. Yeah, but there's a thing where you just, you go, you go, oh, fuck, I feel, I'm like, oh, God, shock. Shock wants to set in. And I'm like, but you've got to get out of this. And it, because it's already programmed in there, whenever shock is about to hit you, yeah. I slow it down. Whenever shit gets real it. bad, it slows down yeah. and you find a way out. I think we see it too in MMA. There's like a lot of people who just, lost their center that night and you see them like yep. you know like professionals that have lost to lesser opponents and the stuff pressure like of, right. i mean the ufc is a pretty obvious you you might have been a fighter you've been in several fights and now you're on this giant scene with tv professional you can tell when you're there you're like wow this is the fucking big show and this person you're fighting you've seen him on tv before and blah 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 blah, yeah. blah. there is a lot to that well, I was training with Daryl Golar once, which was uh, the wrestling coach for American Top Team. Or oh, Brazilian okay. Top Team Fuck. back in the day. Like, I've gotten to meet a crazy amount of people in the sport. And he was telling me that um, he was backstage when Vitor was supposed to fight Vanderlei. He's all, dude, Vitor did not want to come out of that room. He was fucking terrified. Right. Like, like you know, and then when he came out, he that famous fight where he just fucking rushed him and went, pow, 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 yeah. and fucking knocked the shit out of Vanderlei. I know? mean, it does... I, I feel like you're a little bit different. You're a little bit more calm when it comes to it, but I am terrified. When I fight people, I am terrified. But I also know that, you know, if I'm trying something really hard on a skateboard, I am also terrified. And I let it happen because the terror of it makes me sharp. You know, it's like I'm terrified, but I also know that I am fully committed to doing this. So I use it. I use yeah. it as like an adrenaline thing where I'm like, okay, I am so pumped. Do everything right. Be as fast as possible. Because if you don't, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. I, I think everything's also perception. Like maybe that's just how I say it, but maybe it's the opposite. Maybe I do get scared, but I like being scared. Right. So I'm enjoying the feeling, you know? Right. Which is, and, that's pretty cool. Because yeah. that's a better way to do it. Because you are going to be nervous regardless. And I, well, I mean, some would argue like I'm serious. Like uh, one of the biggest compliments I ever got was... um. Do you remember Andy Wang? He fought uh, on BJ Penn's team on The Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Um, Andy Wang was training with uh, Barrett Yoshida, who's a very respected black belt. Um, he's done ADCC like multiple times. There's a documentary about how, how often he's competed. Yeah. And uh, I think Barrett was maybe cornering Andy and we were at his after party. And I was like across the room and shit. And this is one of the biggest compliments I've ever gotten. But... Uh, Andy goes, well, well, I mean, everybody gets nervous before a fight, right? And Barrett turns, like, from across the room and goes, not that guy. <laughs> and it's because he had seen me fall asleep backstage at a fight, you know? And I was yeah. like, 
Like, I, I didn't even warm up for my MMA fights. I was just fucking like, wake me up when it's my time. And I, I fell asleep and they came and they woke me up. They're like, you're next. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. And like, Barrett was back there like, holy shit. Like, was, and I just like walked right into the cage. Yeah. You know? Do you get a nap before fight most? A lot of times? If, if, if I fucking, if I'm bored. Yeah. Which I probably, like, it's, <laughs> it's just that I've like kind of realized how to turn the, the nervous reaction off. Yeah. And I feel like I don't warm up. I like, I don't warm up when I go do jujitsu and I'm still fucking 43 years old. You know, I just walk on the mat and I go, who wants to go a hundred percent right off the bat? Yeah. Like as soon as I walk in and people are like, who the fuck is this guy? You know? And I'll usually end up going with like a 20 year old. that does. Yeah. You know? Cause they do. Yeah. But you, uh, yeah, I just like went back to. Oh, sorry. I, I was just gonna say you were, you were telling us before the show, I, this randomly popped in my head that you, you do food challenges. Yeah. I could do food challenges. I'm like extreme or competitive at like, almost anything I touch. So like I, and it's the same mentality. Like I'm full, but I'll just keep fucking pushing myself through it. So you I don't do, what, are we, what are we talking about here? You're a hot dog guy. Uh, oh, I, I used to love hot dogs. I have a hot dog tattoo and shit. You do? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, nice. yeah, uh, I, at some point probably wanted to do competitive eating and shit. And I used to love fucking hot dogs. Um, I've done um, some shit that was on the, Man versus food. It yeah, was, it was. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. What, I did a couple of the challenges he did, and I beat him. Um, so if you're traveling somewhere and you recognize, like, oh, I remember on Man versus Food when he was in the city, he went to this restaurant and you try the ones that he did. Yeah, like my friend, I, I picked him up from LAX when I was living in San Diego, and I, I had just seen like a ramen challenge, and he, he's a German dude that would come here to do jujitsu like for the the worlds, and he would train here and then compete. You stay at my house for a few weeks and uh, I go, you want to go get some fucking ramen at this place? And he goes, yeah, let's go. And, and I fucking go and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. You know? And it's like a massive fucking bowl. Like it's like, like it's that big, but it's not just big. It's super spicy. Like it's spoons and spoons of jalapeno. Yeah, Jesus. But the thing is like, I'm not a coffee drinker, so I don't have that callus with the temperature. It was like fucking disgustingly hot. And I actually kept putting ice in it, which was increasing the volume. Yeah. So the level kept going up. Well, yeah, because it's not a matter it. of all the noodles. You have to take in all that broth, too. Yeah, and it's like you only have a half-hour limit. Dude, the fucking man versus food guy did it in 12 minutes, which is fucking insane. You couldn't do it? I, I No, I finished it, but it took me like almost a half hour, but I spent a big portion just cooling it down. Yeah. And so once I cooled it down, I started fucking packing it in, and <laughs> I got it, you know, and they come around, they take a picture of you, and I remember, the, I can't even smile. I'm like, <laughs> like and my friend who's like fucking a jokester and, and I, like i knew it was so fucking serious because yeah. like i go i think i gotta go to the bathroom and shit and he puts his hand on my hand he looks into my eyes very lovingly he goes do you want me to come with you and i was like holy <laughs> fuck like i think i'm gonna die you know <laughs> like my i had sweated completely through my shirt oh was, shit I was, I was freezing from the sweat was, yeah. was like, you know, drying and shit. Yeah, I've shit. never been good at that. I Somebody bet me once to drink, to drink like 10 glasses of water and finish like two meals or something at a restaurant. And if I did, he'd pay for it all. Yeah. And un, in a certain amount of time. And yeah. there was like two glasses of water left. And I had a couple, like a minute left. So I pounded him and I was like, did it, you know, you got to pay. And he's like, fair enough. And then I just have this feeling. And then it just, shot out and i vomited so hard that it like blew the glasses and the plates off the table <laughs> it was like this big smash and vomit everywhere and half of them left the table and went outside on the street and left me there naturally well one time i threw up on the broken yoke challenge at the 
What's the broken yolk challenge? It's a dozen egg omelet on yeah. a fucking pizza pan, and it's covered with fucking uh, chili, and it's two giant fucking muffins like the size of your fi- Shane Carwin's fist. Yeah. With dick fingers. Yeah, dude. They're like this fucking big. And a mountain of potatoes and shit, and I hate fucking chili. And also, oh, dude, the <laughs> eggs were chili. so runny. Dude. I hate chili. I'm in. So <laughs> disgusting. And I threw up like, like with a quarter of the challenge left and don't be a pussy. Oh, okay. And I just kept eating it. Oh. I, still, I still got through it. Because you, know, oh. like, did yeah, you, you did, like you were just saying, you, you picked your buddy up at LAX and on a whim just went and did a food challenge. That guy, I, th- I think his name is Adam Richmond or something, right? Yeah. The guy from Man Vs. Food. I think he preps. He does like exercises to stretch his stomach. And do you do that? Drinking tons of water to expand it and stuff. Well, when I was younger, I didn't need to and shit. I could just, I can be full and just mentally push through it. Uh, but later on, I did learn all those tricks and shit. And, and I would do it. Um, I had a boss and he was like, heard of, he's like, oh my God. Like at that time, it was when I had retired and I went from being 175 pounds to 235 yeah. in like a year on purpose. Like some people, that's their whole Instagram. I lost 50 pounds. I did it for fun. Yeah. Like I, I went from 175 to 235. And then I'm like, my back hurt. And I'm, my jujitsu is not as good. And then I just went right back to 75. Did I hear you're a like raw meat enthusiast? Yeah. I've been, I started keto like before it was popular and shit. And I discovered the carnivore diet all on my own. And, and from there, like I've been eating a lot of fucking raw meat. I What's feel- the advantage that you see of raw I, I hate to argue with people. It's just like when I was younger, I was not very physically talented in my opinion. Yeah. I was mentally talented. I think that's where, where my talents lie, you yeah, know, in, in, in the fight game. But I would always try to find every advantage I could to be the best fighter I could. And I felt it's proper rest, proper nutrition was a huge part of it. Because I, I had learned a lot from motorcycle racing, how you improve every part of the motorcycle to, to be able to compete at that level. So I was like, I got to do everything to compete with these talented motherfuckers like Dominic Cruz. Like, not that he would, but he could stay up all night, fucking not drink water, come in, kick everybody's ass and go home and still be fine. You know, yeah. like I, I wasn't like that. So I experimented with every fucking diet in the world. And I was mathematical about it. I tried everything for a while and I said, if it works for me or not. And back then, when I would discover something, I'd be like, guys, I found it. This is the secret to youth and all this shit. But now I realize, like, not everybody can digest the same foods I can. So now I just, like, keep my mouth shut and go, yeah, it works for me, but it's amazing for me. Uh, yeah. And the- how, off, how much raw meat do you eat a week? Probably, I would say, at least seven pounds. Wow. And just, I, is I, it steaks or what do you eat? Um, depends on my financial situation, but it's usually... I. If you don't eat fucking anything else, it is it becomes very affordable to eat just steak, especially if you get it at Costco. Like I buy shit in bulk. Eh, that's a but lot of chewing. Ground beef goes down like butter. That's uh, different. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's a lot of chewing. But I have a big fucking jaw. And why do you think people get their fucking uh, wisdom teeth pulled out? Because you grow up fucking like kids are like, oh, I don't want to chew this, and you're fucking you're not going to have a jaw developed that's going to hold all your wisdom teeth. Why the fuck would? God or whoever fucking created us give a fuck an extra set of fucking teeth that you're not designed to have, you know? Wow. So uh, you didn't get your wisdom teeth out? No, I have all of them. Because you ate meat when you were Since a kid. I was a little kid. I've grown up and like if I chew something, maybe it's the competitive nature, but I don't fucking spit it out. I'll swallow a fucking bone, dude. I've eaten bones. Uh, you know, like I eat bones. Have you ever gotten like uh, health issues from it? Because 
We had this guy on the show once who does like YouTube competitive eating, um, LA Beast. Yeah. And he was telling me guy. one time Sorry about that. he went to he went to a butcher shop and just got like the weirdest cuts, like intestines, organs, anything he could get his hands on. And then he put it all on a table and just went to town and just started eating all of this shit raw. Intestines, guts, whatever. And then he had like parasites hanging out of his ass as a result of it. Have I you ever had a parasite hanging out of your ass? <laughs> Not to the best of my knowledge. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I mean, I feel pretty fucking healthy. I think you can build a tolerance. Like, I don't think you should jump just head first in that. I'm not a fucking scientist, but I've heard that the human stomach is more acidic than that of a lion. Uh. You know, so it's like, I have a hard time believing anything can fucking survive in there. Maybe that's just my mentality, though. I think, like, sometimes people with my mentality, it's like... But you don't eat off meat. You eat just raw meat. I, I eat liver. Raw I eat liver. Raw, I eat raw liver, like, at least three times a week. I try, maybe more if I get a chance, but... Uh, Do you eat it with anything, or you just eat that? Uh, I found it with just a little bit of lime on it. Uh. It was down real smooth for me. Huh. But uh, So no drugs or alcohol, I'm guessing, for a guy like yourself. Uh... I don't drink that much. It's really not my favorite drug. I mean, I do love mushrooms and, and acid and shit. That's like my favorite shit. You know, like I don't really smoke weed. I like like drugs with like real hard consequences that I'm like, you know, like. <laughs> would you say you have an acid habit? I would never call it a habit. But How often? Um, I said I would, I, I could say I do psychedelics at least twice a month. Nice, mellow. Yeah. One time I did mushrooms for 30 days straight. That's, that's habitual. Not, that's not mellow. Yeah. That was a, I called it the 30 day mushroom challenge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I kicked everybody off my Instagram. Back then I had like 2000 followers. I kicked everybody I didn't know. I was down to like 600 people. I put it private and I was doing mushrooms every day and, and doing a video on there. Like people were trying to tag Joe Rogan and shit, but it was private. Like, How did you feel on day 31? Amazing. I, I, that's, that's when I kind of like um, reformulated my whole life. It was uh, right after I had quit process serving, which at that time um, I was really depressed that I wasn't fighting anymore and like searching for a purpose in life. And I had forgotten about art because my whole life I thought I was going to be an artist until I got in crime in high school and shit like that. And um, at that time I quit my job as a process server and I think I had enough money for two months worth of living. And I don't know why I was like, I had seen like a 30 day push up challenge on Instagram and I was like, I'm just going to do mushrooms for 30 days. I was like, and see how that goes. And through the course of that, I just had all these spiritual awakenings. And at the very end, I did uh, a heroic dose, which was five grams of mushrooms. Ugh. And that day was the day that like the light went off. And I was like, I was searching for purpose in my life because I knew I couldn't keep fighting. And what can I do until the day that I die? And I was like, oh, go back to being an artist. That was my whole purpose in life since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. You know? And so for me, it was a very beneficial thing. And then I got off and like some people were like, well, did you have problems with your, you know, serotonin levels? And, and I was like, no, man, I was just like fucking on cruise control for a long time. Really super happy. Hmm. Have you ever had a bad trip on acid or mushrooms? Yeah, but I, I think I almost enjoy it. I knew a guy like that too. This, this guy I was friends with in Philly, I, I had just had a really, really bad mushroom trip. And I think it scarred me for the rest of my life on, on mushrooms. And I was telling him about it. He's like, oh, I'm so jealous. So what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? He's like, oh, I love bad trips. I, I love just, them. I love intense situations and shit. You know, like I don't fight with strangers. You know, like I haven't had a fist fight on the street in fucking 20 years, you know, but confrontation, like I'm not good at letting sleeping dogs lie. I love like just bringing things up, mixing it up, you know, like <laughs> just 
I love adventures and shit. What was the highlight of your criminal career? Do you mean like what's the worst thing I've done or what do you mean by highlight? Yeah, what's the most exciting thing that happened? Uh, that's a real iffy thing. I mean, to touch on, I mean, I, I think did, the statute of limitations would have expired. Yeah. I mean, I've done some like, uh, armed robbery type shit. You wow. know? And, and, and you asked me earlier, you know, like the conversation develops so quick. Sometimes we don't get a chance to cover things, but I, um, the reason I got into crime was because, uh, I was smoking a lot of weed and my mom kicked me out of the house. <laughs> and because bless I was an, bless you, an undocumented citizen, I couldn't get a job. Oh, so shit. I had to support myself. And it was just, at that point, you're left with a series of bad decisions. Yeah. And it just, one leads to a worse one and a worse one. And I mean, I was living in a flop house with like a bunch of real gangsters and shit. Like I was never in a gang. And like, they thought I was the funny kid there that kept, they kept me around for amusement and shit. And like, I never got jumped in, but it was like hardcore fucking gang members. And like, I saw guns on a regular basis, you know, serial, you know, like just drugs on a constant basis. Yeah. yeah. In that, what made you not do it anymore? I didn't think it was sustainable. Yeah. And I didn't hate myself at that point enough that it's like, oh, fuck, I want to I wanna fucking end up in prison. I wouldn't have that attitude. Like, I wanted, like, one of my fantasies my entire life has been to rob a bank. Yeah. You know, like, that's always <laughs> been, like, a fantasy of mine, you know? And then I looked around, I go, this isn't fucking heat. These fucking idiots wouldn't, you know, like, they like, I was also smart enough to realize it's not lucrative. You know, like you go into a bank, you get $2,000 now at the most. They don't keep a lot of cash. It's not worth the, the time that you're risking for the payoff, you yeah. know? And so I go, what the fuck am I going to do? I don't know the right people to get into. Like, I wanted to get into real fucking crime that I could just like make thousands and live life, you know, like on the sneak and, and yeah. be on the run. And I That sounds exciting. I, yeah, I like the adventure of shit. And sometimes I just like to do something bad for no reason, you know, like <laughs> do a little shoplifting at Home Depot to, when I'm really bored, oh you know. Like, I get that. I, I'm curious about the transition. Is there literally a time where you say, okay, I have 1,500 bucks from the last two jobs that we did. I do not want to do this anymore. That's going to float me while I go put some applications in at Home Depot. Well, what happened was is I couldn't. Because I hadn't, yeah, I, I didn't right. have papers. And what happened was I actually got deported back to Mexico. Oh, shit. Now, when I got deported back to Mexico, I thought that that was going to ruin my chances of ever being a legal citizen because I had applied for a green card and I was in a lottery. So back then they had a green card lottery. They might still do. And um, I thought me getting deported meant I was obviously removed from the lottery. Yeah. So then my mom, like a year into living in Mexico, which I was rapidly going downhill that in there too and uh she calls me up and she goes i don't know how this happened but your green card papers came in the mail and that's when i was like fuck i'm gonna turn my life around i'm like sick of fucking living like this i'm i and i came back and you know instantly you know as soon as i got my my papers i, I started working and really started turning my life around huh. wow do you think about what where life would have ended up if that fluke oh, hadn't come through fuck dude dead Drug overdose, like everything bad. Everything bad was happening for me. Yeah. Like um, I had gone to live with my dad and my dad's like a very particular man who I admire very much to this day. Just very hard to get along with when you're an 18 year old criminal. I got to, to Mexico when I got deported. The first thing he did is take me to the barbershop to fucking uh, shave my dreads off. He had never even seen dreads. He was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. You know, like he was like in shock, like, holy shit, what did I get myself into? Yeah. Takes me straight to the fucking barber. I've 
had never had a shaped head in my life. It's not like yours, man. It's very lumpy and like I didn't feel confident at 18, 19 years old with a shaved head and like just acne all over my face. And <laughs> he had a shoe factory. He was a very hardworking man and meeting all his friends whose sons were like from the high life, you know, they were from like the good portion of Mexico. Yeah. So did that help you think when you saw all that? I did learn about work ethic from him. Yeah. I couldn't get it to like click at that time. Yeah. But I knew that I didn't want to work for him or in his job, yeah. you know? And uh, <clears throat> we butted heads a lot. And uh, then I was very lucky like that I got those papers and came back to the U.S. Like actually I had just met a, a crooked cop in Mexico. Yeah. And he was like, I'll get you on the police force. And I only wanted to be a cop to be fucking a criminal. Yeah. You know, like with a license. It's not like I was like, oh, I want to fucking be a good police. Nah, you get it into the police business to be a fucking robber in Mexico. He'd be one of those bribery. Yeah. Bribery cops. Yeah. Well, shout out to green cards. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Seriously, shout out to green yeah. cards. I am a very fortunate individual. Like, if you see my life fucking on paper, you're like, oh, shit. You fucking like, if I'm, if I'm a cat, I'm like on life number seven for sure. Man. Yeah. But now, legal, except for Home Depot, and not fuck, fighting. Fuck corporations. Not fighting. I don't feel bad doing that. Uh, I may have one more fight. Bare knuckle or? Uh, I'm open to it. I did get offered an MMA fight, but it's just like, I was like, my knees, man. It's like, I can't, I can't promise you. That you'll make it to the that fight. I'll make it to the fucking fight. Right. And I'm so tough that I will. Fucking walk it out there. One time I walked on a broken leg when you were talking about like, oh, I think he's more tougher than most guys. I walked on a broken leg for three days because Brandon Barrett called me a pussy and said it's not broken. Oh. So yeah, I was sparring and I over-rotated. Instead of going shin to, to knee, I went with like the back. It spun too much. I hit the back of the shin. Yeah. And it, I was just like, fuck, something's wrong. And he's like, nobody ever breaks. And this before, this back in the day, I'm OG. It's like before fucking Anderson Silva, we saw all those leg breaks that happened. Yeah. That happens like on the regs now. We know that's a, a thing that can happen with all those below the knee like kicks now. Yeah. You know, that wasn't very popular back in the day. Right. So fucking nobody saw broken legs from kickboxing or, or Muay Thai back then. And, you know, he was like, you're being a fucking pussy, Diego. It's probably just bruised to the bone. Yeah. And I'm like, well, okay, you're probably right. And I just kept walking on it. It's getting more and more swollen. And uh, my former wife is like, uh, yeah, I think you should uh, go to the doctor now. And I go and then he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, fuck it clearly broken two places you know yeah. oh. there, there's two bones back there the the big one and the, the tib and the fib i forget which one's the smaller one i broke the smaller one if it was the big one i probably wouldn't be walking on yeah. it you know but even then like mike fowler was a you know famous black belt to american black belt, popped my knee out and drove myself to the hospital just because i don't want to don't worry guys it's fine like i don't want to be rude yeah. you guys keep training i had a uh what is it hairline fracture in my tib fib and they gave me a boot in the hospital and I wore the boot for like a month. And then I went to the next contest and I took my boot off at the ramp and put my pads on and skated in the contest. <laughs> it didn't, it held up. Yeah. But somebody was like, you realize you just took your boot off and put your shit on. And then I obviously did not put my boot back on when I finished skating. But that was when I was like, it's ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did that shit like that when I broke that shit. It, they didn't put it in a cast. They put it in a fucking boot. Yeah. And like a month after that, somebody offered me to go uh, snowboarding for the first time. I went. Yeah. And, but I did. I did feel it like 
And I, at one point, I just walked off the mountain. I'm like, fuck you guys. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. It's starting to open up again. Yeah. Right. Pretty stupid. <laughs> I've multiply, on multiple occasions, have had a broken bone, had it half healed and rebroke it because I went back too soon. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like you. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a time there where you love it so much that um, you're like, ah, oh, it'll, it'll, it'll hold up because I'm pretty close and I've just been thinking about it for the last couple of months and you talk yourself into, yeah. into still going. Yeah. It's a young man's game for that. Like many reasons, but that's a good one too because it's a young man's mind to go back early. Yeah. Like that's a young guy's move where they're just, I'm like, man, didn't you just break your shit? Like, yeah, yeah, but feels pretty good. feels pretty strong now. I'm like, eh. I'm still a little like that in jujitsu, man. Yeah. I love, I still love jujitsu so fucking much. And the funny thing is that I'm way better at jujitsu than I am like stand up. Yeah. But like, honestly, like I probably would have preferred to have done just like a bare knuckle boxing match because I'm not good at multitasking. And bare knuckles just like, fuck, dude. I can break people with pressure. You know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, I noticed that. Warm me the <laughs> fuck out when we spot. <laughs> he just stays in the pocket. So you keep punching. You don't realize it, you know? Like well, you're, he stays, he doesn't stay at distance. He stays in the pocket. So you. There's no keep, break. Yeah. Keep punching him. And he keeps punching you back. But I can tell he has it in a way where he doesn't punch that hard. He just punches enough to get you keep, to, for you to keep punching. Until you get tired, and then he starts landing shots. Well, the thing I noticed, too, is like um, when I was training for my BKFC fights, I went and got a professional boxing coach. Eh. And boxers are not used to the clinch. Yes. So he actually provides, uh, shout out to Joe Vargas. That's my buddy. I love that guy. And uh, he actually provides some of the sparring partners for Canelo. So the people that Canelo beat up are the people that beat me up. You know? And uh, I quickly realized that these pro boxers... He would say, hey, Diego's training for a BKFC fight, so he he's going to tie you up in the clinch. And they're like badass boxers, so they're like, eh, fuck, whatever. As soon as I fucking get him in the clinch, fuck, dude, it's just dog days for them. And as soon as they get out, they're like, oh. Right, because that's the other thing. To get out of a clinch in that shit, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. You have to like almost pick you up to get your arm off your your my neck. And and you're also taking shots. And by the time you get off, yeah, yeah, it's way more physical. And yeah. it's like your body. It's almost like cardio has a memory. And like you can be in excellent boxing shape. You can be a pro boxer and have that dude do some burpees, and he'll be gassed the fuck out. Right, and vice versa. Same as when you wrestle. Yeah. Like whenever I wrestle for something, when it's MMA sparring and there's like a lot of groundwork, and I get him off and get back up, I'm so fucking tired. Yeah. I'm like, I, and what is that? It wasn't as hard as what, you know, I could punch and kick for five minutes, but as soon as we tussle on the ground for one minute, the effort of getting you off me almost took whatever I had left. But I can tell wrestler guys, different. They're, they're not tired on the ground. When they get up and start punching, they get tired. Yeah. It's just so it's two different thing. things yeah. for sure. Yeah, I sparred Dave Mira a long time ago, and Dave Mira was a triathlete. He was in the middle of doing triathlons. He Constantly. was as fit as anybody's ever been. Mm-hmm. And when I sparred him, he got tired in two rounds because he's holding his breath. He's, you know, yeah. he's doing a bunch of stuff that didn't matter how fit he was. He just got tired. And I remember not being fit at the time. And I'm like, how's this possible? Because I'm calm and he's not. Because right. I was like, you can't even fight yet. I'm not even, you know, I'm not even exerting myself. It was a, it was a, I was like, wow, that, there you go. That's a fact because. I would have. I was more impressed by him than almost anybody when it came to his fitness level. It was kind of berserk. He, I was like, "You're kind of 
you've kind of lost your mind when it comes to fitness. Like he was mm -hmm. like, I got to be on my toes more. So I went for a run on my toes for three miles. I'm like, what? What do you mean? It's like, yeah. I just stayed on my toes for three miles. I'm like, don't do that. You don't need to do that. Just keep boxing. But he just, one of those people, just go, go, go. Yeah, like CrossFit guys. It's like, I just, I don't want to be good at working out. Yeah. You know, like I want to be good at something, not just working out. You know, like I work out to be good yeah. at the things I want to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, I've never been like impressive circuit training. No, I just do circuit training and I hate it the whole time. Yeah, I hate working out other yeah. than when I'm beating people up. I fucking yeah. love it. I mean, I work out so that when I beat people up, I can beat them up longer. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> hey, when you get tired and the other person isn't tired, yeah. it's a real good uh, reminder that you should do more uh, cardio because you're like, man, I could beat this guy and now he's beating the shit out of me. Because I'm too fucking tired to defend myself. That's a that's always been a good motivator for me. I'm like, right, don't let this happen again. I only like extreme workouts. And I mean, CrossFit doesn't count because like cardio is never fucking fun. But I did get into like powerlifting after, yeah. after I retired from fighting the first time. Because my job was to be 175. Because yeah. I fought at 155. So my coach was like, oh. look, he's like, you're not the most technical fucking guy. Like, if you want to get... You've been 155? Yeah, I fought most of my career 155. Fucking hell, dude. Yeah. And if I do get this fight... The, the reason I was going to say I was maybe looking at one more fight is because I'm possibly looking at to do a, a, a documentary. Yeah. And they would like to have it revolve around my last camp, which is, you know, yeah. a great storyline. So I said, if, if the thing's right, you know, I will do it. But I do get a lot of excitement just from training, you know? So it's like, I don't know if I need to... Just go in there and find a fight if there isn't a real good reason to do so. Agreed. Which is a shame because I believe like I got, I missed a lot of my prime of my career waiting for opponents too. That's something like for uh, younger fighters that are coming up if they ask for advice. I was always on the cusp of really big fights. And so if you look at my MMA record, you go, man, that guy didn't really fight a lot. It spanned almost 20 years. But I was always like, oh, this guy's, you know, they're considering you for this guy's opponent and shit. And, and I'd be like, oh, shit. Okay, well, I'm not going to take that fight this week because I'm holding out for that big fucking fight. Right. And it was my whole career was just on the cusp all the time. I even got called to be in the UFC once. And it was when Jose Aldo was just fucking wrecking everybody. Yeah. And they were just looking for 45ers. And I was such a big 55er, you know? And they were like, hey, man, they're like, uh, they didn't offer me Jose Aldo. They just said, do you want a fight in the UFC? at 45 and at that time i was just cutting so much fucking weight and i think weight cutting is the worst part of fucking mma and i do believe that we should try to get that out for the health of the fighters yeah because you can't get that water back in your brain within 24 hours i can't believe you can do 155 let no 145 that's not even humanly possible Dude, it's extreme like fucking everything like i can cut and i would cut all 20 pounds like the last 48 hours mostly the last 24 before the fight what i didn't like being one of these guys that would like just slowly start my cut and be a little miserable i'd be like fuck it i'll be miserable for four hours let's go do this shit i'd knock it out and fucking like walk on the scales and be oh i'm done with it but you could do that yeah what I is can't. it just sauna um how the fuck do you not eat not drink for two days uh no i eat a little bit but i take all the salt out of my body yeah because Salt helps you retain water. So if you flush your system with a shit ton of fucking water, you can, and you're not having salt, you push all the concern. 
Shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard of a lot of different techniques for cutting weight. This is this I, is different. No, really? I thought this was like super common knowledge. I'm not sure. We don't cut weight here. Well, I just mean you yeah. have a lot of. I did. I cut weight the same you. way. They don't fight, but I cut weight the way that you just made fun of. I I lost. I didn't cut. I, I cut. Mean, I probably cut seven pounds. Yeah. I dieted for like two months and was already almost. I mean, in when I get weight. in there, I want to be the biggest guy. Are you not tired after cutting that? I don't I'm, have that mental block. Okay. That's me. Like, like yep. when we get fucking in there, there was times where I was like, fuck, when is this rest round over? Yeah. You know, like it, it's fucking 60 seconds. It feels like two minutes. Let's fucking go. Like I'm ready to fucking go. But most of my fights were one round, but it's because the bell rings. I go fucking right in your face, yeah. you know? And so <laughs> I, I would get the fucking, um, the distilled water pound a fucking gallon of it piss all my salt out when you're not holding any salt then you go in the fucking sauna boom the water just comes right out uh, so i don't know maybe it was really unhealthy the way i did it i didn't know any fucking better but i, I think it's unhealthy think, for I all st- of them i still think it's super fucking yeah. unhealthy i don't think anybody's doing it uh i mean uh, mike dolce shout out to that guy because i feel like if you do it his way i didn't feel any pressure on my body yeah, you know, and I have done. He sound he's from what I've read. His method sounds very sound, and, and it's shit. very easy because there's constant meals. Oh. They're little, and you don't really feel because I've done it once the hard way, where I just I think I had a sweet potato and like a little bit of oatmeal, and that was my whole meal for the whole day for a long period of time to shrink down. Yeah, this one I didn't feel like I was starving. You know, there were times where maybe at night I was like, man, I'd rather have more of whatever he gave me, but it was never. I never had this mental challenge where I was like, I would kill somebody for a slice of pizza right now. Like, I might do the deal if you were like, if you kill that guy, I'll give you this pizza. But I've also done like three-day fast without eating. And and I did four days with no eating, and three of those days were with zero water. What for? I was bored. Because somebody goes like, you can't fucking go three days without drinking water. I go, I fucking, I fucking show you. That's a different human fucking being. show you. Hey, I have no interest in that challenge at hey. all. So, it, and at the same time, I can also like fucking eat a ridiculous amount of fucking food. Yeah. You know? So I could, I could, I don't know. I, I just believe that the mind is the fucking key to everything. You know? Honestly, um, I haven't done jujitsu in a couple of weeks. I've been really bummed out because like I really feel like I need to to stay sane and shit. But somebody scratch me. First of all, if you're a jiu-jitsu guy and you're listening or watching this, cut your nails. Fucking cut your nails. Yeah. I fucking hate it when I leave the gym and I'm covered in fucking little scratches. I always cut my nails as short as I possibly can. Yeah. It's a fucking courtesy to your training partners. That's like one of the number one places where staff lives is under your nails. Yeah. So this dude fucking scratched me and like a few days after it was fucking really puffy. Ugh. And I tried to wash it. So gross. I was always washing it. I mean, but... But by the third day, I was like, fuck, it's a staph infection. Because yeah. it was like, it got, I woke up, it was fucking massive. Yeah. And it was a hole and it was oozing and all Ooh. this shit. And even then, I was like, I'm going to beat it mentally. And you did? Yeah. I didn't, no. I didn't fucking, I didn't go to the fuck. I, I haven't taken um, antibiotics in 10 years. Yeah. And I know they're bad for you and you should only use them for an emergency. And I was going to give it one more day. I go, if I wake up tomorrow, and if it's worse, it's not better. I'm gonna have to bite the bullet and fucking go because it there it could I think is it sepsis when it gets into your blood? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Or you know, like you can fucking goes to your heart. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, if by tomorrow it's not better, I'm gonna fucking bite the bullet and go. And I fucking like 
I don't know. I picture my body healing it. I picture fucking me fighting it and healing it. I did some natural shit. Like I did like go insane on the garlic and shit. Uh But I woke up the next day and it was better. And every day after that, it continued to get better until it completely went away, you know? Maybe you just have a really good immune system. So I don't know if everybody's going to get away with that. It's possible, but I know... You sound kind of freakish. Seriously, eat old meat and bones and and beat staff. That's a freakish amount of... uh, Your body's like on another level. But I believe... I think it's my mind. Yeah, I think you're right. I believe that it was going to... The cure was going to work. If I didn't believe it, I think it wouldn't have worked. Right. You know? There's definitely something to be said for that. I mean, not only yeah. is the placebo effect real, there's the other level of you can tell people are giving a placebo and there'll still be a placebo effect. Yeah. So of course that's a part of it. Yeah. And imagine if I say I'm gonna apply that to drag. <laughs> Which I you just, have. A, a little bit. Honestly, I haven't got as hard into the drag thing as people think. And the reason for that is that I'm actually like very fucking poor right now. I'm like, but I can't complain because I haven't had a real job in like three to four years. That's I'm cool. a full-time artist. I do all kinds of art, you know, to float my 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 lifestyle. And I'm always on the cusp, but I haven't ever run out of money yet. <laughs> and I haven't had to go back to get a real job. But I haven't really figured out how to make money doing drag yet. It, it costs money. Yeah. It costs me a lot of money. And the people that do, do they drag, don't pay you to do it? They usually don't. Most places don't. You you work for the tips. And honestly, like the tips are like 80 bucks, you know, yeah. that night, like I count it up and I'm like, that doesn't pay for my heels and shit. You yeah. know? Um, also, I'm like, it's funny, but I'm a big diva. It's like, I refuse to wear the same outfit twice where like a, a lot of the girls will like put shit together and then mix and match it. And, and it's just like, I'm extreme with everything, man. I don't want to wear the same wig twice for some reason. It bothers me. It's like, I got to, every time I want a fresh look and shit, yeah. you know? And the people that do it, they love it. They work their fucking nine to five jobs so they have money to spend on drag because they love fucking doing it. Yeah, It's a lot of fun for me, but I can't really like afford to do it right now. So I usually do it when when there is like a media outlet that wants to, you know, and they'll like give me money for makeup and shit like that. Oh, okay. So it's something that I'm I'm open to doing, but at the same time, it's like, there's no fucking market for a real 43-year-old fucking drag queen, you know? Like I love what it's done for my career. And would I, you box as in drag? No, I wouldn't. We almost what about talked. A, a, I think you and I Mania. talked about it once. Yeah, it remember? sounds like something I would think about. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we, we did. We talked about it, and I did have some options. Remember, I told you what about the one chip challenge? You eat one of those spicy fucking chips. Yeah, and then you your fucking face is leaking, and then let's see, guys. I think that would be a fun fucking thing, right yeah, there. Yeah, that is not a bad idea. I'd have to talk to a doctor oh. about that first, but I think that's okay. Being spiced out and getting punched in the face, that that seems to work. That seems kind of fun. Yeah, you might just have like two collapsed people in the ring barfing. It would be funny for you and I to have a drag fight, though. Like have a boxing fight it in would heels. Be funny. I just want to make sure that I never do anything I'd to wear disrespect ankle braces. the community. Oh, okay. That might be disrespectful. Maybe. I, I oh. don't know. Like, you know, like I have to see, like I'm doing something on the Eric Andre show soon. And I think it might be kind of jackassy nice. and shit. But, you know, like I saw that uh, ASAP Rocky and fucking... Danny Brown did the segment too, like rappers and shit. And I'm just like, what, what am I too good to fucking do some jackass shit? Like, I want to have a good time too. Yeah. But as long as I feel like I'm not disrespecting the art yeah. of drag. You know? Okay. Well, yeah. talk to your colleagues and get back to me on that. Because right. I still have my Britney outfit ready to go. <laughs> I got to say, though, I did hear your story with Shane Carwin. And like, I if we go spar, like I do, like I can be friendly. But I do think if you did put us in those situations, I think I would definitely be. More aggressive. Like, it's a fight. I know. I know. But if, if it's kinda, in the crowd, if we're sparring wanna... on a Saturday, it's different. If we're fighting at Alice yeah. Mania, we're punching each other. Yeah, but I don't want to like fight you like that. I'm all right. Like, I know you are, but we're all right. I don't know. 
<laughs> if it gets really hot, I'll be like, you win. Fucking good for you. But I love you too. I'm like, I got. I love I you got, too, no, but I, I still punch you in the kids. face. You know you would I have do three that. Kids, I'm still like very much like a dad. I'm like, fuck. You should stop fighting. I should stop fighting yeah. too. You know. But when I see my friends, I'm just like, fuck, dude. I saw oh, you man. fucking eat it on that fucking like the ramp where they were pulling you with the car and shit. Too. Oh yeah, like, that fuck, sucked. Man. Yeah, that was it. You're, you're fucking. I was thinking about not doing it anymore after that day. I was like, man, maybe it's over. Like maybe you sure. can't do shit anymore. And then I, the recovery. I was like, God, I am really, really sore. Like. A week later, I was like, God, well, that must have been a horrific slam because I'm fucking still in pain a week later. Yeah. The the reason I lost my second BKFC fight yeah. is because, um, I don't know if you guys could see it, but I have a huge, I forgot the medical name for it, ridge of bone on the outside of my jaw. It's the upper gum. Yeah. yeah if you dare touch it, it's super sharp. It's cool. Like, it's like, so sometimes when I get punched, uh, it's happened before, it cuts the, the inside of your mouth. Inside. Oh, no. So during my BKFC fight, um, the guy that I was fighting, Tom, is he's a better boxer than me. Yeah. He's way better technically, but I hit way fucking harder. And I could see him mentally cracking, but he had got me a few times in that spot, and it was profusely swollen. Uh, and the doctor kept saying, I think your jaw's broken. I go, it's not broken, doc. It's not fucking broken. You know, and he's, I'm like, please don't stop it. And he goes, it looks too bad, man. We have to stop it because it, it, oh, it, I can't shit. let you continue. If it, yeah. Medically, there's, you know, there's a possibility your job. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, you know, they stopped it and shit, but. I Fair feel enough. Like, yeah. I get that. They're trying to put on a show. And if you're, if your head's dramatically deformed and they're going to yeah. let it get punched again, it, I, normal people will be like, you need to stop it. This place is brutal. I get their angle. Yeah. Also, they, everyone's don't. already kind of flinching bare knuckle in the first place, dude. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I, I heard somebody, Conspirituality, I love your podcast. I love all the things that you say, but you fucking, sometimes, yeah, sure, Joe Rogan might say some stuff that might not be cool according to you. And sometimes, most of the time, I agree with them. But to talk about MMA as like some ridiculous chicken fight, like raw, like unlike boxing is so stupid. It's the dumbest thing I've heard three smart people ever say in my life. I'm sorry, Conspirituality, but... Just to say, oh, they're smashing each other in the face. And sometimes when somebody gets knocked out, the other guy still tries to punch him in the face and the ref has to get him off. Unlike boxing, dude ate a fucking dude's ear. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's so many brawls in boxing through the years. In the ring, out of the ring, fucking cops in the ring. It's a fight. What the fuck? The sport of MMA is a pure sport with the utmost respect for each other. And, and boy, are you incorrect. On your fucking statement. I had to say that. So I, I DM'd them. I, I, I DM'd them. I was so triggered. I was like, you guys, I love your show, but you you can't say that MMA is, you know, saying, you know, people get knocked out and Joe Rogan goes, yeah, it looks like he's like actually aroused about it. And I'm like, man, you might have had me if you didn't bring up the boxing analogy. Like just to say that you and your father look at boxing as a real sport and MMA isn't is insane. Like this, oh, it's a real sport. Boxing is like a, you know, there's a science to the it. Sport of kings, the sweet science. There's a fucking science to MMA. It's ridiculous. And listen, and and don't just, you know, sure the, a lot of violent guys get a lot of fame. It's unfortunate, you know, the guy just that like talks about fighting on the street or he wants to disrespect the guy's mom or his kids. That's fucked up, and none of us are proud of that. But there are people like that in the scene, and I think a lot of them, most of the time, are doing it because they think they're going to get more money if they say that. They don't even really believe that. But most of us, very respectful in helping our brothers and sisters 
in the community of mixed martial arts, like the utmost respect. You know, when I train with people, people are punching each other in the face. We know what we're doing to each other. And, and, and like somebody that's committing to helping me get better in a fight, letting me hit him in the brains. You know, I remember, I resp- I'm like, man, I really appreciate that. Because when I do it, I know what I'm doing too. Like if you got a fight coming up and you're cracking me hard because your fight's in a week from now. And I'm like, I'm your sparring partner, man. Like I'm trying to help you. And yes, this is the game. It, there is issues to it. But if you think boxing's cool, MMA is just as cool. I'm not trying to say they're better than each other. I'm just saying that this is a sport and there is a lot of respect. We all know how much work it takes to get there and we all respect each other. And just the, today's society, a lot of guys that are out of their fucking minds and incredibly aggressive and dumb as fuck get the camera more. So, but we're not all like that, you know? So don't say that. I agree a thousand percent. Yeah. And I think most of the time- You're the worst we- guy to agree with me on that. Sorry, but thanks. <laughs> I love it as a sport. Like, I don't- Yeah, like- I know. You and I have fought each other where there was not one speck of fucking I don't aggression. Have a in yeah, my body, we were fucking really. working, man. Yeah. They were trying to, we were, you were trying to help me. Yeah. That's all I saw. And yeah, but I think most of the time when you do see that aggression, it is theatrics. Most of the time, yeah. sometimes there is a personal beef, but yeah, right. and that happens in boxing too. Like yes, I thought Canelo was fucking that dude Ben. Sander, right, they punched each other in the fucking face or, off. Or, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, to say that it's one's more violent than the other yeah. is ridiculous. I think unfortunately, a lot of the theatrics like that came as the sport grew and more of the crowd came from like WWE. Agreed. You know, like because that's that's completely so theatrically based. Yeah. And it becomes like, oh, okay. It's I been proven be that if asshole. you do that, if you do the asshole thing, you get more money for it. And right. these guys are fighting for their livelihoods. It's like I get nothing or I get kicked out. I mean, Colby Covington was getting kicked out of the UFC. Then he decided to be a fucking jackass and talk about how Trump's the best. And and now he's, you know, he's like one of the most famous people in the UFC. And they love him for this. And I've heard, I don't know this for sure, that it's all bullshit. I don't know this for sure. I find it incredibly hard to believe, but I hear that that Colby Covington is is a sweetheart and that it is all theatrics, that he doesn't mean any of it. I don't actually believe that, but I believe half of it. I believe that he's half as big a cocksucker as he makes himself out to be, but I still think he's got to be some kind of asshole to just to commit to his games. You know, like see your wife and care, Mike, dude. I don't. I don't think I could do it. Right. I just. I can't fake the funk, man. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm beyond. I just feel like being aggressive to someone that I know I'm going to fight the next day. There's just no point to me. I'm like, we're going to have our time. You know. Like if I, I I'm not yeah. wasting a speck of it right now. Like I don't even need any motivation yeah. in, in there. I'm going to be super yeah. aggressive. Yeah. And I know that, so I don't need to threaten you. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. I mean, you know what? Maybe I will be terrified. Maybe you should think that. Because it doesn't make a shit of a difference. When they close it, I'm not playing. But we should probably go. We should. We've talked a lot. Thanks, Diego, for being on the show. Appreciate it. What's your uh, Instagrams and everything to follow, Diego? Thank you for having me on. Um, My name's Diego Garijo, and my Instagram is one word, Diego Garijo. Uh, I also do tattoos at Let's Add More Black. One word. I mean, it has dots and shit, but I think if you put it in the search, it'll come up because that one... It's luckily not shadow banned. My main account is shadow banned. You probably have to put in the whole fucking thing. Uh, Instagram fucking hates me. And I hate Instagram. Right. And I, I'm just looking to live life in a world where I don't need social media anymore to live. Like yeah. that's actually my long-term goal. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. 
Pretty I mean, good I would still artists. look at TikTok because yeah. it's fun. But yeah, posting stuff, I look forward to saying goodbye to that. Pretty much. I'm a little addicted. Jason, it was a real pleasure. Thanks for being I enjoy show. your company. I just met you two gentlemen today, but I've seen the show several times and oh, nice. very fond of you guys. Nice to meet you. Appreciate it, dude. Yeah. Uh, like and describe everybody. Check out our Patreon show, Patreon forward slash Alice Mate. Two shows a week on there, and I do two solo shows. It's a tremendous vehicle. Check it out. Tremendous. Don't die. Oh, so real quick, stupid. can I say, yeah. uh, check out my buddy at RTS Life Hacks. I've done several interviews with him, and I think it is the most entertaining page on Instagram. And I am going to probably be making some content with him because I think he's a cool, creative guy that's a little bit different than everybody else. RTS cool. Life Hacks. Cool. Huh? Don't die. If you want more Jason Ellis show, sign up for their Patreon at patreon.com slash ellismate for a two-hour show every Tuesday and Wednesday. To watch full episodes of The Jason Ellis Show, subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash The Jason Ellis Show. And don't forget to follow the crew on Instagram at Wolfmate, at Tollywood, at Kevin Craft, at Underwear Wolf, and at The Jason Ellis Show. <laughs> <laughs>